Thank you, Brother Gary. Don't you appreciate this man? He loves the Lord and serves the Lord. And you know, I was sitting there on the uh, front row and and just tracking how the Spirit led him in selecting songs today. And there's no doubt in my mind that Gary prays about what he's going to sing. Um, and um, you know what I it just seemed what I had prepared for today, and that's always a fearful thing for me because as a pastor, I can remember whether it was a congregation of a hundred or six hundred sitting on that platform. How many of you remember when pastors used to sit on the platform? Yeah, some of you don't, uh, but. I can remember sitting on the platform and and um, I could sense the Spirit moving in a service in a different way than what I had prepared a sermon for. Uh, and, I, and I admit to you, I, I am not a biblical scholar. Uh, I love the Word, I read the Word. So I don't have a lot of sermons rolling around in my head that I can just get up at any one time and say Sermon A or Sermon B or Sermon C. Um, and so I would sit there on that platform, and I can remember, I can remember this, honey. I would sit there, and I knew that to preach the sermon that I had prepared would be probably counterproductive to what the Spirit was saying in the service. Um, and I would sit there and I would get my Thompson Chain Bible out and I, 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 could, I could sense what the Spirit was saying. Uh, you know, did he whisper it in my ear? Or, no, sometimes it was a song that had been sung and, and you could see it moving through the congregation. And, and, the, and the, th the theme of that song was, was more pastoral, if you will, than, than one of, of evangelistic, if you will. And there are different types of things. And I would sit there and my hands would get sweaty and I would go back into Thompson Chain and I, I would find a word that seemed to, seemed to resonate in my spirit with what I was hearing the Spirit say. And if you know anything about Thompson Chain, it, it has those things and then it has some passages that go along with that, right? And I would get up and, and preach the sermon that morning out of the Thompson Chain references and 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 often when i completed that i felt that i had been faithful to the spirit faithful to the spirit and so if you will permit me this morning to be faithful to what i believe god is saying in my heart and i just want to express that today um, and so it's pretty close to where I would preached on Monday night out of Matthew chapter 5, but 
Today I want us to look at Matthew 6. Um, I, I think this is all, and, and I haven't had time to research this, so preachers in the audience and Dr. Powers, you can help me. I think this is all still part of the great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and perhaps it's the most instructive uh, passages in, in the Gospel of Matthew to how we are to live our Christian life. And he starts out with the Beatitudes and, and talks about, th this is how I want you to live. And then I talked a little bit Monday night about salt and light and, and what that means. And, but the passage today seems to draw me to um, chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 19. And then I just want to make a few comments on it. But the scripture itself is the sermon. And, and what I want to do is just kind of make a few comments on, on, on the passage and, and we'll wrap it up. Verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And the truth of the matter is, we live in a world that seems to be getting darker by the minute. And, and it's not all just sin. There's tragedy and horrible things happening in our world today. Children that are being abused and killed in war-strong areas. It's it just the darkness is, is great, but not so for us. If you go back earlier where Jesus said, you're the light of the world, and we're to be different. We're to live as as light in a world that just becomes increasingly dark. And as I said Monday night, um, one thing that I will always remember about Colorado Springs, and one thing that I do every night is I look to the peak to see if I see the light on the summit house. I don't know why I do that. If I walk out of this chapel at night, that's one of the first things I do is to look up and see if I can see that light. And the thing that I've noticed is that you can't see that light in the daytime. It's only when the night is dark that you can see the light. And, and, and I truly believe that the darkness of the world breaks people. It just breaks them. Maybe not today, but in time, sin breaks people. And as the light 
shining in the darkness, we give to those broken people the hope that they need. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or mammon or things or material things. And then verse 25 is really where I wanted us to look. And I I had to read that passage because the therefore tends to connect us back to what has been said, right? All preachers know that. The therefore has been, it connects us back to what has been said. Therefore, if you're not serving two masters, if you're, this is what Jesus says. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. I've had to ask myself, is this worry or weariness? And I believe you have to separate those two things. You can be weary. You can be tired. Life life circumstances can make you weary, right? So I I, want to make that clear. I, I, I do believe there's something different between being weary and worry. And, and Jesus explains what this, this worrisome life is. He says, don't worry about what you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? He said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now here's the question he asks us. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? The, the, the obvious answer to that is living a life that is full of worry and fear takes away from life, right? It, it does something to us. It, it takes away from life. And then Jesus says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, now why would he pick out Solomon? Why would he pick out Solomon? Very rich. In his day, he was considered the wealthiest man in the world. And he's saying, not even the wealthiest person in the world in all of their splendor was dressed like one of these flowers in the field. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, 
which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, what is Jesus saying? What we need to sustain life, God already knows and he will provide. Can you say amen to that? He knows those things. He already knows them. And he will provide. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, therefore, what's, what does that mean again? Look back to what we've said. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will, have, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, live today. Today is what you have. Live it. Love it. Receive his grace. Receive his mercy. Receive his love today. And tomorrow will take care of itself. Because if we get to tomorrow, what will it be? It'll be today. So the point is this. There is a God in heaven who knows you by name. Who loves you more than you can ever begin to imagine. And will provide all that you need. I had the privilege twice of going into the Amazon jungle. It was really the mountainous region of Peru. Uh, missionaries Larry and Addie Garman went back into the jungle when the Nazarene church had given up on uh, the Agaruna Indians. Um, they were at the headwaters. It was one of the main rivers. The Maranon River was one of the main rivers that feeds into the Amazon, the great Amazon. It's up in the jungleous mountain area of Peru. Um, the only thing I know is that when we went there with our work and witness team from Cincinnati is that we left Cincinnati, uh, we left Indianapolis and it was 18 degrees. And we flew from Indianapolis to Miami and then from Miami we flew to, um, trying to remember the jungle city, honey. No, it wasn't Chiclayo. It was the jungle city that we flew into. They had to do something there, fuel up or anything. And, and uh, it was 105 when we got off the plane there with about 110% humidity. Uh, and so then we went into Lima. In Ohio, we call it Lima. But we went into Lima and stayed there at the mission compound to, to get ready. And then we took a flight 
from Lima to Chiclayo. And um, Chiclayo, I don't know why I was asking Cheryl about the jungle city. I should ask you. Okay. So we, 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 go, uh, we go up to Chiclayo, and, and there in Chiclayo, uh, we, we stopped at the mission station there. We saw the seminary, and we had dinner, and then a bus picked us up. And the bus took us over the, over the mountains, the, what, the Andes Mountains, took us over the mountains. We learned two reasons why they do that. The road was narrow and, and it was gravel, very narrow, and, um, and th there was spots that the road was not wide enough for two vehicles to pass. So at night, vehicles could see lights coming. In the daytime, they couldn't see them. So you, you would, you would, we would back back down the mountain on our bus so we got to a place wide enough for that, that the buses or trucks or whatever it was to pass. And, and we were on that bus for eight hours. We went 200 miles, and it took us eight hours. And we get to the little city called Bagua. It's right there on the edge of the rainforest, if you will, the mountainous rainforest. And missionary Larry, Larry Garman picked us up. He had a pickup truck, and he had rented another pickup truck. And we had a team of about 20, and we loaded into the back of those pickup trucks to ride for six hours into, into the jungle. The first 45 minutes or so was still in dry country, kind of desert country. So we were in the back pickup. My beloved was sitting on the cab with two other women hanging on to a bar. The rest of us were kind of standing hanging on to bars as we went around those mountainous roads. And for the first 45 to an hour, all we got is the dust from the pickup truck in front of us. So we were covered in dust, just covered. And then we got into the forest and it rained. And the mud streaks were rolling down our face. And after six hours, we arrived at the mission station. Now, Larry Garman was a unique individual. When he went back in there, we had no works. Today, we have over 100 churches in, 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 among the Agaruna Indians. And they have a Bible college right there that they come into and study and prepare to minister. And they have a clinic there. Larry is a, he is a trained uh, chiropractor. But in the jungle, he would be the only doctor they had. So he did surgeries and everything, whatever was necessary. One of the things that he did that just gives me the creeps was he would, he would trap poisonous snakes and put them in containers until somebody was going back into Lima and they would get the snakes and send anti-venom back to his clinic. One night Addie was working around in the house and she was bitten on the foot by a coral snake. 
She sent one of the workers down to the clinic, must have been in the afternoon, to get Larry and tell him to bring the antivenom. Larry was out of antivenom. He came back into his wife, and he knew, he knew, he knew the danger that his wife was in and how it could absolutely be fatal without that antivenom. But Larry came back in and he said, Addie, I, I'm sorry, we, we just were out. Larry, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he looked at his wife and he said, We will do what we've always done. We will trust God. Addie told the story of going to bed that night. Now, in the jungle, they never have a, they never have a cool spell there. It's just hot and hotter. And it's light rain to heavy rain. It rains just about every day or every night. So they build their houses, wood, up to about this level. And then it's, it screens all the way around the house. There's no solid wall. It's a screen all the way around the house. Then they have curtains that they pull. So Addie was laying in there fighting off the fever, the pain of the bite, the, the poison that was going through her body. And she heard faintly and then louder the voices of those Bible college students that ringed that house and through the night through the night all night until early the next morning they prayed and prayed and prayed they didn't have shifts they all stayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And in the morning, the fever broke and the healing came. And she remembered the words of her husband. We're not going to worry we're going to trust God. Live today. Live today with faith in the one who knows you by name. Let's pray. I want to pray and then we'll sing. Okay. Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word is powerful. I'm just simply amazed at how we don't have to add a lot to your word because your word just speaks so clearly to us. So today, whatever presses on our hearts, 
whatever we worry about, we're going to give to you. And we're going to trust you, the one who knows what we need, the one who knows where we are, the one who loves us more than we can ever begin to imagine. The one who can provide for our every need. Thank you, Lord.